1: Well, we have kind of a treat here today. We have two guests on, Brian Driscoll and Chad Keller of Motivated Leads, and you can find their website at motivated- uh and now I screwed it up for you guys already. motivated-leads.com. Again, it's motivated, don't forget that dash in there, leads.com. And I really appreciate your time. We're going to spend the the next 30 minutes or so talking about lead generation. And uh, like I warned you to, uh, I have a lot of newer to real estate investing lead- listeners. So we're going to start things off and talk about uh, some low hanging fruit and what some people can do today to make a significant difference to their lead generation, and then move into what you do for other real estate investors and, and some of those results. And I really appreciate both of your time here today. Yeah, thanks for having us
2: yeah I appreciate you as well
1: so let's let's start things off like I gotta first off start things off by asking how did you both get into lead generation for real estate investors
3: okay so yeah Chad and I both have a little bit of a different different background me I've been in doing digital marketing more on the SEO side since the early 2000s and I got into real estate investing about seven years ago. So I primarily I was dealing with uh, more like e-commerce or bigger types of companies doing their SEO and marketing, and then uh, I bought my first property off a of guy on Craigslist. He was a wholesaler, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay." I saw on the uh, HUD at the end. I'm like, "Wow, I just paid you ten thousand dollars to find that deal." So and then uh, we started marketing, and I'm like, "You know what? We should do the we should do marketing for ourselves for real estate." I uh, talked with Chad. I'm like, "Hey, you want to hook up? We'll do some deals." We started marketing and did really well. So then we started offering it to other investors just because we saw it, uh, a need for it in the space.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. I kind of begged Brian uh, at an agency too. And I was uh, I focused on e-commerce and lead generation for, for huge companies, companies buying like thousands and thousands of leads a month, uh, all driven from like Facebook, Google paid advertising. I used to beg Brian to so always see these deals he was getting. I was like, come on, let, let me, uh, I don't understand the stock market too much, but I understand what you're doing over here on real estate. I was like, let me get in on this. Let me figure this out. So uh, after I begged him enough, he let me, uh, get into the single family, uh, buys with them and off we were to the races.
1: Well, let's, yeah. let's start off with then, you know, since you started generating leads for yourself, where did you start?
2: go ahead, Chad. Yeah. So most of the, the background for me, for instance, is, is Facebook and Google marketing. Um, so using paid advertising, really drive a lot of these leads, um, which can be costly, but can be very uh, great return on your money, uh, and that's what we do for most people. But Brian, I'm sure when he first got started, like Craigslist and wherever else, Brian.
3: Yeah, well, I started get, getting started. I wasn't even doing the marketing; I was just trying to find the houses. And then, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, well, let's let's start doing this. So, so currently, right now, like we started doing Facebook ads, and then also SEO and a little bit of Google pay per clicks. So we kind of like a hybrid approach. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, so. SEO is ranking in the free section of Google. Mm-hmm. Google pay-per-click is paying to be at the top of Google. And then Facebook advertising is paying to be in people's Facebook feeds. The reason we're finding decent success there is because uh, say someone comes to your website through SEO and doesn't fill out a form, we can retarget them, which means show ads to people that have been on your website in the future also and try to... So they all kind of work together to get uh, the proper people that want to sell their house connected with us.
1: Right. Right. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And you know, uh, we, we can go in the in the weeds there just a little bit because that retargeting is a way for a person to uh, keep their spending under control, too.
3: hundred percent. Yeah, and uh retargeting's very important. Say someone's doing Google per Click, the market's insane right now. You might spend twenty dollars for one person to click into your website. Well, say you say you have to get Ten people to get one lead. If you have a good conversion, nine people came to your website. They didn't convert. You can retarget them very cost effectively on Facebook, and try to recoup some of those because they've already shown that they want to sell their house. They might not be ready to fill out a former call you yet, but you can stay in front of them in Facebook. Just like just like uh, products do. Like you go to Amazon, they're following you around on Facebook. So you can do that very cost effectively.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, we we have to remember too is that with marketing. What do they say now? It it takes seven to even upwards of ten contacts before somebody takes action. That retargeting is really important, and to to get in front of them, it's part of that no like and trust. Hundred
3: percent.
2: Yeah, once people, uh, I'm sure you'll realize this. Once you click on something on Facebook, you'll constantly see that in your in your feed forever. Nowadays, even if you talk about something to somebody in the room, somehow you're seeing it on your feed um I don't know yeah, how that
1: let's works. let's just remind everybody how creepy that is but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah so it'll live in your basically they click on one of our ads to um to possibly sell their house for cash or sell their house as is with no repairs needed uh they're going to see us forever um until they start to block that ad or do something um but most people don't and you'll see that it, it does take people 5 10 15 times you can see that by the frequency that it reaches people um to really push through Maybe they're not ready at this time, but you're constantly there as a reminder for when they are ready.
1: Right. You know, this is one of those things that are that seems to be a little daunting for some people. You know, especially if they're not technically inclined. If you frankly go into the Facebook Ad Center or the or the Google Ad Center, uh, there's a lot of bells and whistles. It can be a little overwhelming. Like if somebody was looking to do something like this, even on a small scale for the first time. Uh, what would you advise them to do?
3: I would, well, I'll start with that. First thing you're going to need to do, we have to have a website. I would recommend pushing traffic through a website, but first thing you're going to want to do, there's something called a Facebook pixel. So you're going to log into your Facebook business manager and you're going to see some event tracking. You need to grab a pixel. It's a code you put on your website. and That is what allows Facebook to retarget people or to create those audiences, things like that. So that's the first tip I would have. And I'll let Chad elaborate on like what else, what else would recommend. But um, that's the number one thing you need to do that I see people making mistakes
1: on.
2: Yeah. I mean, even if, uh, if you don't want to get super technical with it and you're like, Hey, this is over my head, even just going on the Facebook and boosting a post and it's a, but it would have to be like a post of you or your face or or something or testimonial, something like that. Uh, You have to be comfortable doing that um just getting your awareness out there in the local area and you might not when you boost a post you can't see like direct returns on that where the stuff that we do when we install pixels and we go very technical on things like we can say hey this ad produced that lead which then turned into a deal which your acquisition cost was then x boosting a post won't do that for you but it will build your awareness and you see the guys that hey, I only target this 15 mile radius in this city, and that's all I want to. It'll just blanket it with boosted posts. Maybe it just getting video views, awareness out there. People just know who they are. They're that person to call when that per- when somebody's ready to, to sell a house, or somebody's sharing that post to one of their friends who they're thinking about selling. So that's one way to do it on a very simplistic, very simplistic way to do it. Um, but if you want to get more technical and have the direct ROI associated with that, then you need to get into the pixels and the, and the technical side of things.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's also interesting when you look at, well, Facebook and Google for, for that matter, when you install these pixels, you can even start to generate like, like-minded like audiences and stuff. You know, Facebook and Google, they're both way smarter than any of us in how they can target like-minded individuals is is kind of crazy
2: yeah what's cool about it is that uh, also you can see kind of like demographic and and what platforms they're converting on so you can see like okay most of my ads um 25 year old to 35 year old people are clicking on my ads but my budget is being spent on 65 plus or in this market actually it's probably more so like 45 pluses who's clicking these ads but my budget's being spent 18 to 25 year olds and, and you can alter that here and there um, but you can also see, hey, are they converting from an iPhone, from an Android phone? Is it on the mobile feed? Is it on desktop feed? Uh, you can get all of this information to know exactly where your where your best audience is to best spend your money. So gives sure. you a lot of data sure. back on everything.
1: You know that that's kind of an interesting question that you that you just sprung up there, Chad. Is is the concept then that you know, frankly, a lot of the houses that I acquire are typically an older set of individuals that more times than not they still have a landline phone let alone a smartphone or something are have you found that uh, that gap is closing regarding being reaching some of this older these older people
2: um so you typically see it uh, just just think about like when you're, we're going to do these deals who we're buying most of the houses from here and there we'll get maybe a son that was left a house from one of his parents passing away or of old age oh, or sure. whatever it may be. So they might be younger. Um, but even think about it from the aspect like we buy from hoarders every once in a while. Hoarders, like, they don't really go outside. Um, they're, they're, we bought a few houses from hoarders and, and they don't go outside. They're sitting on their phone. They're very introverted. Um, typically they, they had to have enough money credit in their life to buy that home. So what are they? 35 plus something like that. You really got to think into, into your demographic themselves. Um, and most people that own a home, they're not under 25. I mean, some people under 30 are just buying their first home. They're usually not defaulting or anything at this point, um, to really hit those, those life events. It's typically 35 plus. Um, and yeah, you'll see it across the board. I mean, it's still up and down, but I don't know. Brian has a lot of insight to this too. What do you think from a demographic standpoint? Yeah. So Jack, so you're, so
3: you're asking, are we seeing um, like the different ages on different platforms or
1: mm-hmm. right?
3: So, so you look at Facebook, Facebook is not really the cool platform anymore. So Facebook, don't kind say of that. Where, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of where the older people, like I'm on there sometimes, like my mom's even on there. A lot of grandparents are on there looking at their grandkids, stuff like that. Or a lot of people are using Facebook if they live out of the city connecting with their families. So it's an older demographic, which if you look at like most of the people you're buying properties from and same with us is the older demographic. So our audience isn't really sitting on TikTok mm-hmm. like with all the young kids. So for now, Facebook and Google pay-per-click and Google work really well. So And even Bing. Bing has a really older demographic also. Um, so those those work for now.
1: I would guess that's because they, they don't typically change their search engine in the browser. They just they're getting a exactly, computer yeah. and just let it go yeah okay
3: yeah or they just been in there since msn mm-hmm. back in the day sure you know so so yeah and it'll change like like every everything will evolve but for now those are the platforms we're seeing that the um our audience is is playing on and you know how fast everything changes but
1: yeah no that's that's a very valid point so um with that being said, you know a lot of people. Like I said, the, these platforms can be pretty daunting. I mean, the, uh, you go in there, and, and frankly, I even get lost. And you, I, the the Facebook boost uh, boost a post that's that's relatively easy. You can set a budget, and you know sp- they'll just run it until it spins it up, right? But when it comes to this, you can even lose track, or or it can get away from you if you're not careful. So when you hire a company such as yours to do this type of work, what are some of the questions that a person should ask to make sure it's a good fit for real estate investing?
3: I would would say, number one, find out if the agency is a general agency or if they specialize in real estate. Because I think that's very big, especially if you're an investor. There's a big difference on someone that wants to sell their house, a lead that wants to sell their house versus a lead that wants to sell their house for cash or sell it for fast sell it fast. So that's one thing I would definitely make sure when you're dealing with an agency, just because they might, they might try to push ads, getting home valuations, which will get you a lot of leads, but it might not turn into a return for you.
1: You know, I'm going to, I'm going to really agree with you on that one, Brian. I I actually tried this once uh, a local agency, you know, through, through a networking group I was a part of, uh, it sounded great. You know, uh, to do the, to do the ads, the campaigns for me. But unfortunately they were a large company that just kind of dumped me in the same bucket as all of the realtors instead of real estate investors. And it was just a lot of money spent with no results.
3: Yeah. And that's tough too, because we see that. And it's not the marketing company's fault sometimes either, just because they, most people don't know there's different areas of real estate. Most people think, Hey, you want to sell your house, but you want to sell your house. But, there, but there's a huge difference in this space. If you're an investor, we're looking for distressed off market properties versus people looking to sell for top dollar, nice houses that go on the MLS. So that's one of the main things I would have people find out. How much experience do you have dealing with real estate investor marketing?
1: Sure. So, what does your, your company encompass? I, I think we got a kind of a sense of it here now. You mentioned Facebook ads, Google ads. Are there other platforms that you also manage for an individual?
3: Yeah, so basically, what we offer, we do turn. It's pretty much turnkey turnkey marketing for people. So, so investors will come to us. A lot of times, they don't even have websites. We're not a website design company. Um, we're not a. We don't do design for people, but we can help set up websites for you. We can help set up uh, logos, design ads, uh, do the ad text, create Google Pay per click campaigns, write content for SEO, optimize websites. So we can we're pretty much a good fit for uh, seasoned investors that want help doing the marketing and they don't really want to do anything. They're they're too busy or they don't want to learn it. And we like write all the content, do everything for them. So we do Facebook, Google Pay per click, and SEO.
1: So when you talk about search engine optimization and you talk about writing this content, I would I've also learned that it has to be something that's kind of consistent and persistent, something that you're you're constantly churning out on a regular basis. Is that something you help with as well? Or how much involvement do you have to have of the investor?
3: Yeah, you know what we do. It we do it all. So um, all we do, we write content, we send it. You guys approve it, and it's and then we uh, post it. So and there's different content. It is ongoing. You have your on-page content, which is content that goes on your website. Then you have off-page content. You use that to build links, which give your website's authority. So, but yeah, we handle. Um, it's actually easier without investors' hands on. Uh, on the content writing side, because we kind of have it down to a system versus some guys want to, Hey, can we help you write the content? It it, it just slows things down.
1: Yeah. No, I can understand that. Do you find then that you, uh, you know, since you're managing so many, uh, real estate investors, are you repurposing a lot of this content or is it kind of specialized per? No, everything's
3: unique. It has to be unique on SEO. Um, it's really tedious, And so we have to have a lot of writers for it, but yeah, all content has to be unique because, uh, and here's one thing for guys starting out too. If you're starting out, uh, one, one thing you can do is say you go with one of the template websites, like there's a couple of them out there that you can stick up a website for like 50 bucks a month. And it comes pre-populated with content, go and take that content and completely rewrite it. You can say the same thing, but put it in your own words. That'll give you a step above the competition. Even just having unique content, even if you don't know how to optimize it, make sure it's not duplicate content.
1: Because Google is uh, smart enough to know when it's duplicate content.
3: Yeah. And duplicate content for people that don't know is, say you have two different websites with the same words in the same order. If you think about it from a search engine standpoint or a, a bot, if, you, if they see two websites with the same words in the same order, how can they determine which one's more relevant? So it kind of confuses them, and then you kind of get penalized there. So that's why it's always important to have everything unique. Don't take content from other people's websites because um, that could hurt their website and your website also. Um, but yeah, just rewrite the content in your own words. It's, it's
1: not tough, you know. It just takes a little bit of time. Sure. So when when uh, you, you you've set up all your marketing, for your Google ads, Facebook ads, and you're driving them to a website, what do you recommend there as a landing page? Like what, what should be the first thing that would greet that visitor?
2: Do you want to run that, Chad? Yeah, so you should always have, um, basically we like to put a form above the fold. So when I say above the fold, I mean when they come to it from a mobile device um, or the desktop, the first thing they see is, hey, we'd love to offer you a cash offer for your home. Please fill out this form and because most people don't scroll the whole website they want information as quick as possible Mm -hmm. and if you get that message clearly across as quick as possible then you have a better chance at converting them so that's what we always like to see up there. And then as you scroll down, just more credibility, telling them about who you are, what you do. Uh, if you have testimonials, it's always good to, to put client testimonials on there, any type of video of yourself, um, just talking directly to them. Again, just to build that trust and credibility. A lot of people are going through distress situations that, especially the people that we're targeting. Um, so you, they have to be comfortable with you. Uh, they don't typically like to see like a big company coming in and just buying their house when they're already in this emotional situation. So the more and more you can open up to them, show them that you've done this um, throughout that website, it's gonna be very useful. But again, the main goal is always to be optimized for lead conversion. Um, so when they come to your website to push them through, so usually a form at the top, buttons throughout the website, bottom of the website, if they get there, okay, get get your cash offer now, click there, fill out another form. So, um, so, so the more credibility that you can build and, and optimize your conversions, the better off you're gonna be.
1: So just to remind everybody, if you'd like more information and and see what uh, these fellas are doing, head over to motivated-leads.com and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But so Chad, when, when somebody comes to the website, remind everybody, how long do you, do you have their attention for?
2: I mean, nowadays it's like, what are they saying? They're saying anywhere from three to seven seconds. If you're lucky, insane. So, yeah. you could, so, so that copy, everything up there has to be super quick, right to the point. You can't confuse them one bit. Just keep it simple.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that I've noticed lately is that you go to some websites and it's just becomes this, this huge diatribe of, of just something that they've regurgitated in before you get anywhere, like, uh, I even find that my attention is, is, is so much shorter. I, I want to get to the point.
2: Yeah. Especially if a website doesn't load or anything. And I'm just xing out of it. Or if it's even taking more than five seconds to load, I'm like, I don't even care about it anymore. I'm on to the next thing.
1: Right. Were you going to say something? No, no. I was I was
2: actually
3: going to touch on load speed too, but Chad hit it. <laughs> you know, like, like, It's so important your website loads, especially on mobile, uh, loads quickly because if your website's just spinning, people just page back and they're, they're out of there.
2: Yeah, there's a free... Yeah. Uh, if you go to Google and just type in page speed test, there's a free test. You can just type in your URL and get a score back on.
1: And sometimes that has to do with that with the hosting, right? Uh, you, you know, some people go with the shared hosting provider. You're all on the same virtual machine. Essentially, now I'm getting a little nerdy, but it when you're competing against with all of those resources, it, it there there is something to be said to you get what you pay for when it comes to hosting.
3: Yeah, yeah, shared hosting, and then depending on which hosting company, then also even on one thing too um make your image size small like like a lot of a lot of times people will take an image that fills your whole monitor and put it on your screen in like an inch so you have that big image it doesn't need to be that big on your computer because the file size is large so shrink it down whenever you put it on your website stuff like that too
1: How, how important is it to uh to tag those images and provide that additional information regarding the images that that are loading too
3: it's fairly important on the SEO side. So uh, you can do the image alt tags. And what here's what I normally will do is whenever we're um uploading images, you name the so I'll even take a step back. When we're doing SEO on a page, we'll pick specific keywords that we want to rank for for that page, whatever is relevant. We'll pick a target and secondary keyword. And then normally what we'll do is when we're uploading the images, we want to pick a relevant name like sell my or whatever, if that's on the sell my house fast page. And then we would have an image alt tag also. So you have the image name. We want to name that a keyword, not just IMG 101 or whatever it is. And then the alt tag, we want to have something relevant as well. You have to be careful with the alt tags though. Make sure that they're relevant and not trying to trick the search engine because technically um, those are for disabled. So if if they can't see the screen, stuff like that. So you want to still make sure you're describing it, not trying to be misleading, but they do help with SEO having words in there versus just
1: blank or gibberish. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, this, this has been a really, it seems like I've kind of taken you down rabbit holes here today. Um, Let's rein it back in again. Like, uh, so let's take the last few minutes to chat about uh, that concept again of if somebody was getting into this and, and, and trying this piece, you know, most of the real estate investors were doing yellow letters and, uh, Bandit signs, you know some of the old school stuff. If they were looking to do this type of thing and and dip their toes into the pixel and and the uh, and using Facebook ads and Google ads, is there a strategy that they probably you've you've found that people overlook?
3: Um, not necessarily overlook. So so I I see what pe- people overcomplicate. Mm-hmm. is what i see. So one tip i could give is be extremely direct. Same like Chad was talking about in your landing page, on your ads and your ad text. Be direct. We buy houses. Sell your house fast. Uh we're cash home buyers. Things like that. Let people know that you're an investor. Don't try to trick them leads like the amount of leads and the cost per lead. A lot of guys want to just get a lot of leads for cheap. That's not the goal. You need to get the people that want to sell their house to contact you. So Just be extremely direct with the messaging um, and consistent. Like, you know, like if you've done yellow letters or any of that kind of stuff, it's consistency. You're not just sending one batch of letters and you're good. Normally, Mm -hmm. like I know when we used to do yellow letters, I'd send a batch. Now, 90 days later, I'd remail those people and then remail them again in 90. Mm -hmm. Same thing on Facebook and and Google and all that stuff. You want to have these people and you want to be consistently doing this month over month because it's the same thing. People are looking now, but they might not be ready to pull the trigger for two months.
1: Right. Yeah. And I've definitely learned that even with my mailings now, I make sure to include my URL. So it at least triggers the, the Facebook pixel and the Google pixel. So I can use that, those lines of communication to retarget.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Cause you send them a letter, they go to your website. Now you get them on Facebook and you don't have to send them pay postage anymore.
1: Right. So yeah, it's all about getting them to the site. What were you going to say? We've even seen
2: leads come in from like September and close in January. So oh, yeah. it's just all about getting people through and letting them know who you are. They'll eventually, if they're ready to sell, they'll come back to you. Um, so you got it. You can't look at this. It's not like you, you put online marketing on and you have a magic switch that you're going to get leads and deals to the table. It's not how it works. It's, yeah. it's just a game of consistency, staying out there and just know that, hey, in the end, like we had one, uh, we had a client that spent like, I was on the phone with them, spent like $12,000 with us. Um over the course of four months. And he was right around break even and then spoke with him like three months later. And I think he was at like $47,000 on that $12,000 like from sure. wholesale fees and everything that he was doing. So sure. he's like, yeah, it's like, just it just took time for everything to catch up. And as we say, bake, but um, it, it all caught up.
1: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it's, uh, I can't tell you how many times now, you know, I've been doing this for a number of years and it's it still surprises me when I get a, a phone call from somebody who received a postcard from me a year ago and they had saved that postcard <laughs> and held onto it for that long. I just, I, that's always amazing that the, some people do that.
3: It's funny yeah. you bring that up. I haven't sent postcard for probably three years and we got a call last week.
1: Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So, well, I, I really appreciate your, your two's time here today. Um, but before I let you go, I want to make sure again everybody has your contact information. So head over to motivated-leads.com. But one last question: Is there a question you wished I would have asked you today?
2: Now, you pretty much covered everything. Uh, everything pretty good on there. If yeah, you- I don't think uh, I don't think you really missed anything. It's pretty cut and dry what we do. Uh, it's a done for you uh, marketing solution, um, and we only work with real estate investors. So.
1: I can't stress that enough how important that is. and that's probably me speaking from this experience. you know i I really had kind of a poor experience with this uh, using a, a company that had no experience with real estate investors and and being thrown into a, a pile of real estate realtors um, was just not a good experience and a lot of wasted time and money. In the end it was kind of frustrating because I found that I was the one helping them build the marketing list you know yeah the, the target, uh, you know the key phrases and the negative key phrases and everything else it was it was kind of frustrating
2: yeah and I yeah. hear you there it's really giving us an edge here so definitely
1: well thanks guys again uh, motivated leads.com and uh, you both are welcome back anytime and uh, thanks again we'll talk to you soon
0: See you next time and tell a friend.